The Detroit Tigers bring in Andrew Chafin and are apparently in the mix for two more starters. That and more today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And that is, of course, now including YouTube as we kick off our second episode on YouTube. Great reception in the first one. It was awesome. I'm really pumped about this. I think it's perfect timing as baseball kicks up again. I'm really, really excited. Back in your eyes and ears, now both eyes and ears, for another edition of Locked On Tigers. Big show today. Going to be breaking down the Andrew Chafin signing. Super pumped. Super great signing that I don't think anyone really expected. Awesome move. Uh, and then reports that the Tigers are still in. Or I, I maybe still in is the wrong word. But our in the mix for Two of the Oakland A starters will get into that. But we're going to kick the show off with just some news and notes from around camp. Just some housekeeping stuff. Uh, Dylan Smith and Ty Madden both sent down to uh, the minor league part of camp, instructionals, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, those kind of cuts are going to start being made. And, and we, we will update you on those cuts uh, throughout the spring training process uh but they have begun so time Madden and dylan smith won't be playing in spring training games they're just right off the bat gonna be down there uh which i guess is pretty expected i don't think this is like a a, a big deal or anything I, I think that this is pretty uh pretty expected those guys are are still relatively new to the organization just both drafted last season not a bad thing at all. There are some people on the timeline talking about, oh, this is like a, a a big deal or this is a disappointment or something. It's this is part of the course. They they will be fine. Uh, this this has no. This is not like oh they struggled. Do they need to be sent down right away? This is just the, how it goes. So uh, they will start off. I think those are probably the only. They're not cuts, but the only uh, cuts to the spring training roster that we're going to see before the first game, which is tomorrow and on Bally. I'm so pumped. Um, so, But I, I think that's probably the only one. We, we even saw reports. We talked about Bo Brisky yesterday. We saw some reports some from uh, from some of the writers that, that Brisky might be used pretty early on in spring. Uh, within the first couple of games, he might get some work. So uh, that that's awesome. Again, not an indication that he's going to like make the team out of camp or anything, but still a cool thing. Uh, other news and notes. Also, before we move on, actually, I'm really excited about Dylan Smith. Dylan Smith is a dog. Dylan, Dylan Smith's got it, baby. Uh, I'm, I'm super pumped about him. A lot of people within the organization are super excited about him, and uh, a lot of writers are super excited about him. Dylan Smith is is that dude, and, and y'all are going to find out real quick. I'm, I'm super, super excited about Dylan Smith out of Alabama. Going to be super cool. And Ty Madden obviously was a, a 
what first round compensation pick. So some pretty high expectations for him. And at least we forget Ty Madden was supposed to go like in the first half of the first round. He was supposed to be a high pick. There were talks about him going to the Angels, like in the top 10, 11 picks in the draft. Uh, I mean, Ty Madden is is it's it's somewhat fascinating that we got Ty Madden even there uh, in, in the compensation round. So I'm super pumped for both of them. Them getting chopped early from from the spring training roster doesn't really mean anything. Everything's cool, all all good, baby, all good. Um, so that's that's really the only update. Like I said, with roster, uh, Matt Manning got some talk about his velocity. Matt Manning sitting ninety six right now, apparently in live BP today. As you're listening to this yesterday, awesome news. Uh, Matt Manning's velocity was. One of the more talked about stories from last season. Uh, a lot of people were pretty concerned about Manning's velo. Uh, it, it mostly sat low 90s pretty much all year. There were some times there in, in there were a couple of singular pitches in a game where he would rear back and hit 96, 97. Um, but for the most part, he was pretty consistent, like 91, 92 most of the season. And we were like, yo, we like we know he's got more than that. We we know that that his velocity has been higher than that as he's been coming through the system. Like what's kind of going on? Uh, but was all healthy and everything. Just you know, it takes some some. It's a step in development, as as I say a lot on Lockdown Red Wings. It's it's a step for for development. So uh, seeing him already at at the beginning of of spring before games even start, already sitting ninety six throughout a whole. Consistent live BP is pretty awesome. And it'll be interesting to see going forward where that sits that, if that remains consistent or if that's kind of a, you know, just hyped to start baseball. I can't imagine though. I mean, it's spring. You're, you're not even really supposed to be going like all out hardcore anyway. I, I, I think it's a really good sign. So uh, just some little noteworthy thing there. Also, apparently Joe Jimenez was sitting 96. Um Joe Jimenez is is going to be interesting this season. I am not sure. I said this on Twitter in, in reply to, oh, shoot. I can't remember who was in reply to, man. That makes me feel bad. Reply to somebody that's like a frequent listener. Anyway, not 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 going to hold up the show because of it. But, man, I, I, re- I really like remembering people's names. <laughs> um, but I, I had a conversation with somebody on the timeline, and I was like, I, I think Joe Jimenez's leash this season is going to be uh, – it could be pretty short. I'm not sure there's going to be too much room for uh, for, for tomfoolery with Joe Jimenez this season. Because uh, when you're looking at the bullpen now, and we'll get into a full bullpen kind of breakdown and where it stands currently in segment two. But with the addition of Chafin – you have five relievers that you are pretty confident in going into the season with. And I'm not sure what kind of leash Joe Jimenez is going to be given anymore when, when you have a core of five dudes there. And now you're starting to see some pitching depth come through the minor league system as well. Uh, I, I'm really not sure how much is going to be tolerated with him uh, this season. And it's been a roller coaster of a career. For Joe Jimenez, more than Todd Jones, even uh, uh, the definition of a roller coaster for for Jimenez's career so far. Um, uh, 
I mean, borderline all-star worthy and then horrible and then has shown flashes and then horrible again, really all over the place. So it's going to be real interesting that I, that's one of my like more underlooked stories going into the year is how, how much, how much are we going to tolerate any Joe Jimenez struggles at this point in his career? What, what is this year five for him already? Four or five? I mean, I don't know. I, I, because we have an established bullpen, it's going to be interesting. Only other piece of news, Willie Peralta comes back on a minor league deal. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Could not be more excited about it. Really thrived last season. Uh, had a had a really, really impressive year last year. Uh, coming in last year on a minor league deal. And then because of all the injuries, we we I mean, the starting pitching got bit by the injury bug bad last season. And that along with the innings restrictions on uh, on Mize and Scooble led for a lot of Willie Peralta starts, as we all remember. And he was fantastic. An ERA just barely over three. Really, really did, did a phenomenal job. And I, I understand he probably wanted to test the market and see if there was, you know, if he did enough to maybe warrant just a flat out major league contract in a, you know, starting pitcher five might've been pushing it, but maybe more of a long relief spot start Tyler Alexander esque role, as we talked about yesterday, didn't look like that market really developed. I'm sure the lockout did not help any of those fringe guys at all. So he comes back on a minor league deal. He'll, he'll, do the same thing he did last year. We'll start off in the minors if we need his depth, which I'm sure we will, because, again, no one goes through an entire season these days without some starting pitching injuries. Um, and we will see uh, – we will probably see him at some point. And that's okay by me. He, he was great last year. So those are really the only news and, and notes from camp over the last 24 hours since the last time we, we spoke. Uh, and now we will get into the fun stuff, baby. Andrew Chafin's a Detroit Tiger. But first, I got to tell y'all about Mission Possible. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your passion, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available wherever audiobooks are are sold. All right, everybody. Back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. He actually relatively recently had a complete prospect breakdown of uh, all the organizations in the AL Central. And uh, so you get to hear him talk a lot about uh, us and the Royals have comfortably the two best farm systems in the AL Central right now. So you get to hear him talk a lot about uh, most of the episode, honestly, is about us us and the Royals farm and obviously Torque and Green and stuff. It's very, very cool. So, so definitely go check it out. We are going to check out the Sheriff, baby. Andrew Chafin is a Detroit Tiger. This is such a, a an under the radar great move. I love it, man. I, I I can't I can't express enough 
how big of a fan I am of this move. Last year, between the Cubbies and the A's, uh, was acquired at the deadline for Oakland's playoff push. He had a 1.83 ERA total last season, a 2.06 in 43 games in the first half with the Cubs, and a 1.53 in his 28 games in the second half with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, was well, I mean, I mean, phenomenal. He's a lefty. On top of all that, instantly adds value to him. 68.2 innings pitch. So just about 69 innings pitch. That's obviously very nice. Just under three war on B war. Got like a one and a half war on F war. Baseball reference is a lot. Their pitching war is a lot more based on results and like finite, you know, how many runs you end up giving up your ERA and such. Whereas Fangraph's war is a lot more based on FIP and kind of what you can control only and not necessarily all about uh, how many runs you're giving up. So that's why you see a pretty dramatic, almost one and a half win difference between those two or exactly one and a half win difference between those two. Um, but regardless, impressive, right? Even if you do use Fangraph's war, a win and a half out of, out of a reliever is, is, is phenomenal. His whip was sub one. He had a 0.932 whip in Chicago when his ERA was higher. He had a 0.839 whip in 43 games. And then in Oakland with the 153 ERA, he had a whip of just a hair over one, 1.057. So last season, phenomenal. K per nine at about eight and a half throughout the entire year, no matter which team he was on. Very solid out of the pen. Lefty, like I said. Some people brought up his 2020 as like a reason to not sign him. That's preposterous. That's that's asinine. You should not think that way. <laughs> I don't know how else to word it. That That's, that's not a, a good take, objectively. Uh, the, his ERA was six and a half. For reference, in 2020, he spent 11 games with the Diamondbacks, had an 8-10 ERA in six innings, 6.2 innings, because 2020 was a bleep show, then had a three ERA in three innings with the with the Cubs to, to end the season. I mean, that's... <laughs> stop, stop taking anything from 2020. Offense, defense... Pitching, win totals. At, it, it was a disaster of a season. It was 60 games that there was no fans. It could have been a lot longer. It, we didn't start anything on time. There was four spring training games. Nothing went right. People were getting COVID in and out of the year. People were sitting. Don't take anything in 2020 as an indication of how talented someone is. Unless it helps your narrative, obviously. Then always do it. No, I'm playing. Only somewhat. But for real, we're not going to not sign a dude who had a sub-2 ERA and a sub-1 whip last year, a lefty that put up those numbers, because in 15 games in a ridiculous 2020 season, he wasn't great. Total in 2020, he pitched in nine and two-thirds innings, dog. Get out of here with that nonsense. If you look at his whole Diamondbacks career pre-2020, you have pretty consistent low three ERAs. 
You got a 3-7-6 in 2019, a 3-1 in 2018, a 3-5 in 2017, uh, 6-7-5 in 2016, admittedly high, only 22 innings though. 2015, first full season, a 2-7-6. Uh, 2014, he only appeared in three games, but had a pretty darn good ERA in that year too. So he's pretty consistently, his career ERA is a 3-3. Going to consistently be around there. Even if he doesn't replicate a 1-8-3 for the next two years, we signed him on a two-year deal, 13 mil. If, if he can go out there and be a solid back end of the bullpen, late inning, high leverage dude, that's going to give you a, a high two, low three ERA. That's a major win. I'm really pumped about this, man. And like I said, he doesn't even have to replicate a 1-8 or a 1-5 ERA that he had in the second half of last year for me to think of this signing as uh, immensely beneficial to the organization. And now taking a look at the bullpen as a whole, uh, like we talked about in segment one, now we have five relievers that we're pretty confident in. Right, we have Funkhauser, we have Cisnero, we have Soto, we have Fulmer, and now Andrew Chafin. And two of those five are lefties, Soto and Chafin. Beautiful situation, absolutely beautiful bullpen situation. Now, the big thing is more so, honestly, this, this upcoming season is going to be how much those relievers are going to replicate or take steps forward and build off of last season, right? We're going to see if they were if they were one-hit wonders or if if they're actually building blocks for what the future lies ahead. Soto, everybody knows, I, I believe in Gregory Soto to the moon and back. That's the dog, all right? So uh, I'm a huge Soto guy. I, I absolutely wholeheartedly think he's going to take another step forward. Michael Fulmer, no reason to not believe that he's going to take another step forward. Pro's pro. Been, been here for a minute now. What is this year? Six already for him. He won rookie of the year in 2016. Crazy. Time flies, man. Uh, so I, I I believe in Fulmer. I think he'll – the big thing with him this year, I think, is just going to be continuing to get used to coming out of the pen and being a, an everyday option out of the bullpen as opposed to, you know, the transition from starter to reliever is not as easy as people think. So I think that's going to be his biggest step, but I, I fully believe in him. Cisnero has been arguably our best reliever over the last two years. That's pretty objective. Uh, he was our best reliever in 2020. Oh, we're not going to look at 2020. It helps my narrative, though, right now. See how I did that? It's crazy. No, I'm playing. But but he, he made a lot of appearances in 2020 and was solid, and then building off that had a great year last year and a full season, a real season, right? So Cisner there's nothing that leads anybody to believe that Cisnero is going to take a step back. Andrew Chafin, again, has been consistent his whole career, even if he doesn't replicate last season. None that says he's going to blow up and have a horrible year. Great move. And then Funk. Funk's really the only one. Kyle Funkhauser is really the only guy on this whole list that I'm looking at going, there's a chance that he was a one-off thing and, and maybe he regresses a little bit next season. But we saw when he moved to the bullpen, the velocity went up a ton from when he was a starter. A lot more movement on his slider. Uh, I I think it's really possible the Tigers, like, keep it on the DL. You know, knock on wood, don't, don't tell anybody. I think the Tigers might actually have a halfway decent bullpen this season. And there's not too many times in my lifetime, my 23 soon to be 24 years on this planet 
that, uh, that, that I've been able to say that with confidence. So I'm pretty excited about the bullpen this year. Uh, last comment uh, about the pen, A.J. Hinge came out and just said today, Gregory Soto's the closer. You can pen it. But he also said, closer doesn't mean he's getting the ninth every time. And this is because A.J. Hinch is a genius and understands what a closer's role actually should be. The closer on your team should be the, the reliever that you go to in the highest leverage situation in the game. Whatever you need your best reliever on the mound for whatever situation, you look at your bullpen and, and you look at the situation in the game and you need your best reliever on the mound in that moment, that is when your closer should be, or your best reliever, your closer, right, should be on the bump. A lot of times, that's in the ninth inning, sure. But Hinch's exact words today were, my closer might come in in the sixth inning because it's the highest leverage situation that's going to arise in the game. And you also have the flexibility to do that when you have bullpen depth and have other relievers that are actually good. And this signing adds to an already pretty solid bullpen situation we were going into the year with. I am super pumped for this pen this year, man. Super pumped. All right, we're going to get into the rumors and speculation around a couple of pitchers from the Oakland Athletics linked to the Detroit Tigers. But first, I got to tell you all that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? Just does not make sense because you have a computer, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box scenario that we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. Segment three, the, the, the potentially big one here at Locked On Tigers. Um, all right, I mean, we can just, we can just fire. Well, let's start with the starting pitching market as it stands right now. Everybody knows that we're still in the market for a potential fifth starter. Maybe not labeled as the fifth starter. Manning will probably slide down to five with whichever one of these guys we get. But for a fifth starter to add to our rotation, not the fifth starter, right? Zach Grinke got signed today. Going back to the Kansas City Royals. Cool story. I, I love Grinke, the dude. Um, he's He's a character, man. He's a character because he's not a character. It's fascinating. Love him. Uh, so he goes back to Kansas City. Some people were talking about maybe adding him as being our fifth uh, fifth starter. There was some reports that we were linked to him and Michael Pineda. The Royals gave him one year 13 mil, uh, which is, 
it seems a little high, but at the end of the day, it's a one-year deal. So if you have the money this season, you, you might as well, you know what I mean, use it if it's within your budget for this year because it's only on the books for this season. So he's going back home, back to where it all started. Also might mean that it's like kind of a last rodeo thing, which would be really sad, but he's pushing 40 now, so it would kind of make sense. Anyway, Grinky back to Kansas City. Michael Pineda still on the market. We talked about Michael Pineda yesterday, why I think he would be a pretty decent fit. Don't need to go into that too much more. But Pineda's still out there, and we have been linked to Michael Pineda for what it's worth. That that has been a a, a linked and, and confirmed thing by, by several writers, that we are in on Michael Pineda, and that could be our starter this upcoming season. If you listen to yesterday's show, you know I'm a fan of that. Luis Castillo, apparently the Reds want to trade everybody except him. I don't know what they're doing, dog. Don't like, don't ask me. I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know what the Rockies are doing. Those two teams, if, if you have any questions about what's going on over there, don't talk to me about it because I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers. The Rockies are, are a mythical franchise, okay? Uh, and the Reds, I don't understand, like, kind of blowing it up. Either go all in and, and trade everybody or don't. I, I don't understand this, like – Half in, half out nonsense. The Pistons did that for a decade. Look what it got them. Well, it eventually got them Cade Cunningham, but that was after they blew it up and actually tanked for a year. So no, don't don't get caught in the Pistons decade of mediocrity. Don't do it. All right? And they won't. They're going to be really bad this year, regardless of if they keep them or not. So I guess maybe that's the thought process. But regardless, it looks like they might actually hold on to them for whatever reason, which leads, leaves, that's the word, the Oakland A's, Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya. The A's are also blowing it up, and they are getting rid of any and everybody on this roster uh, that has anything less than like three years until they hit free agency. You're you're donezo, right? They already well, they got Simeon was was a couple seasons ago now. Uh, Chapman is a Toronto Blue Jay. Olsen is an Atlanta Brave. They're just getting rid of everybody. So we take a look at Montas and Manaya, and there was a report from Heyman that said the Tigers and the Twins, why? I, I mean, like, I guess if they think they're going to be competitive, the hole that they need to fill is starting pitching. So I, I guess it makes sense, but I'm still just – trying to wrap my head around the twins losing 90 games last year. And then just like, Hey, we're going all in this season. That's still very all over the place in my brain, but he, he, he called out by name, the tigers and the twins for being in the running for either Montas or Manaya, Right. So taking a look at these two guys, Manaya has what one year, of service time left, he becomes a free agent at, uh, at for the 2023 season. So th that's what you're looking at. That That's a lot shorter term. Not a lot shorter, a year shorter. Frankie Montas has four years of service. You hit free agency after six. So Montas, free agent in the 2024 offseason. Manaya free agent in the 2023 offseason. So you're talking about the difference of a year there. That's pretty substantial in trades especially when you look at the age between the two. 
right? Montas is 28 years old. Manaya is 30 years old. Just turned 30 in February, but is 30. So a 30-year-old with one year left, 28-year-old with two years left. A little bit different of a situation there, right? Performance-wise, uh, I mean, they both had good years last year. They both had good years. Manaya, 391 ERA, 11-10. and 10. Pitching wins and losses don't matter. Everyone, I, I don't even know why I said it, honestly. I don't even know why I brought it up. That They're irrelevant. 391 ERA in 32 starts. Gave him just under 180 innings. Had a 9.7K per nine in 180 innings. That's damn good, dog. That's damn good. 194 strikeouts in 179 innings. Almost a 200K season. That That's damn good. And for those who don't remember, Manaya was hyped when he first came up, man. That, that was the summer before my freshman year of college. That was 2016. When he got the call up, man, people were pumped. And he had a 3.86 ERA his first year as a rookie, too. I mean, he was he was labeled as like the guy. He's gonna be the A's, you know, like big time pitcher going forward for this next generation of of Oakland A's baseball. He was the dude. And while he didn't ever reach that like true, you know, 100 percent ace status. He's still a, a damn good pitcher. 3.86 career ERA. Dealt with a little bit of injury problems in 2019. Um, but that that's it. I mean, besides that, tw- his starts by year are 24, 29, 27, 5, 11 in 2020 because it was a stupid year. And then 32 last year, which was tied for the most in the American League. So he's going to get you innings. You need innings. Desperately, you still need one guy that is just going to give you innings. And if he's going to give you Sub four ERA, almost 10K per nine innings. That sounds pretty damn nice to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one, two, two, seven whip, maybe a little bit high, but not, I mean, that that's a fine whip. That That's fine. Three, six, six FIP, which indicates that maybe his ERA was even a little higher than it should have been situationally. And the big thing, when you move pit, not saying that, that Oakland is some like super, you know, tiny ballpark or anything. But when you put people in Comerica that have low FIPS and high ERAs, that's a recipe for success. Okay. That that's a that's a we we take those. We like those situations. So Manaya is is solid. He's gonna cost you a decent amount of prospects. And we can kind of get into that. Maybe if a deal isn't done tomorrow and they're still on the table on the table, maybe on tomorrow's show we can talk about some potential returns and such. But uh, Montas is, is, is good, man. Frankie Montas is a damn good pitcher. Last year also made 32 starts, 187 innings pitched to be paired with 207 strikeouts, had an exactly 10 K per nine, a one, one, eight, two whip. Very, very solid. Very good. Uh, three, three, seven ERA. I don't know if I said that already and a three, three, seven FIP. Exactly the same. Doesn't happen too often, but that means that according to that calculation, his ERA is exactly what it should have been. And was sixth in Cy Young voting on top of all of that. He's damn good. And he's got a whole extra year of service tacked on to uh, th- th- than what Manaya has. Looking at previous seasons of Montas as well, 2020 is stupid. He had a 5-6 ERA, whatever. No one cares. 
2019 and 16 starts, he had a 263. 2018 and 11 starts, he had a 388. Uh, in 2017, he came out of the pen and was terrible. And in 2015, he was still with the White Sox and was barely a major leaguer. So 2021 is really his first full season of rotational work, Frankie Montas. He was phenomenal. He was fantastic in that season, but it's really his first full season. 32 career, 32 career, geez, 32 starts last season, doubles his previous career high in starts in a season, which was 2019 when he had 16. This was also the first time that he hit the 100 innings pitch mark, and he almost had 200. So it's for real, for real, his first remotely close to, to a real full season's workload. But he was sixth in, in American League Cy Young voting. He was damn good. And it has a whole other year tacked on to, like I said, compared to Manaya. So pick your poison there. That's no, not really pick your poison. They both had pretty good years last year. It, it, it's pick your poison in the sense that Montas is probably going to garner more than Manaya will as far as the return. What prospects are you going, willing to give up? What kind of return could we see? Like I said, we can break down kind of more who could potentially be out there for uh, for the A's to to receive in a deal like this uh, to, on tomorrow's show if, if a deal hasn't accumulated by then. But we're going to see, man. We're going to see. I, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm nervous because of, you know, our history of trades and, and how they've worked out. But I'm excited. This scene's going to be a fun one. And, and we move. We roll on. We ball. We absolutely ball. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Just like us, shout out YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. Didn't wear sunglasses this episode. Had a good hair day, though. I feel like I'm looking, looking pretty nice here. Thank you all for rocking with me. Thanks for listening. Big season on the tick, baby. I cannot wait. We start playing ball games on Friday, tomorrow. Start playing ball games tomorrow. I'm super excited about it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.